Hey guys, welcome to Higher Points, and it's uh, it's been a couple weeks since we have released a podcast, and uh, this will be the first podcast of 2024, and we are excited about this one. Um, we've got uh, two returning guests. We've got uh, Jason and Caden on here, and um, Jason recently started working at Lux with Caden and I, and they've had some good conversations and we thought that these conversations are ones they're hard conversations and ones that uh a lot of people need to hear and uh i know uh jason's nervous caden's uh trying to put him on the spot but uh, <laughs> i think uh i think jason's going to put him down so <laughs> <laughs> flaming darts <laughs> well and and uh you know to be fair you know we like J- like uh, Nate said we've had both of them on the podcast in the past and they were both really phenomenal podcast ones that I really enjoyed recording so i guess like that's just kind of a logical place to start i guess what what has kind of like uh Caden we'll start with you any any updates anything new different that's uh since since your podcast anything like that that you you have going on or um i guess since since the most recent podcast that i was on with you with you guys um I became uh, a member of the Kansas Cannabis Coalition. Um, a board member. A board member, yeah, in the membership share. Um, I got pro- I got promoted at work to uh, crew lead. Um, you know, and I've just and I guess honestly, since since that podcast, I've been uh, a lot. I was I was really happy, but man, I've just been loving life so much. Uh, and I'd say that was, you know, when I when I did that podcast that was a uh i was in kind of a pretty big transition phase in my life i think just in all around in work emotion uh you know transitioning to living alone um so yeah and i guess really overall I'm just about the same but uh i've had some you know some different endeavors i guess that i've i've started to pursue since then uh jason came to came to work at lux too so that's been really fun um I've just been working on the same projects uh really that we were working on when uh last I talked they're just in way completely different phases now so yeah. so what's what's it been like that transition from you know basically you're a peer to now you're the guy that kind of is the lead there um, I mean, is it, has that been an interesting transition yeah it has just because like one of the most like one of the things that stuck out to me the most was that uh you start to experience you start to like have to face situations that um i never thought i would face or as a worker you don't realize that uh the leads do face i guess you know just in terms of like um like i remember one time nate made a comment to me and he said that like he's he just said he if you think i get off on yelling at people or telling people to you know do something again i don't um and that to me i think is like something that i think i i I don't like doing it all is like telling someone that they have to do something again, uh, just because it's like, I understand how much of a pain in the ass it is or whatever. Um, but you know, other, other than, I guess like kind of having to say, I, some, one thing I struggle with is saying hard, the hard things. Like I really do or telling people the hard things, but I think you're doing a disservice to them if you're not, uh, or to the overall quality of the job service as well, if you're not going to. And so, uh, you know, that's been one thing I guess that, I kind of wasn't expecting myself to struggle with was, uh, having to, and I haven't really even had to say that. I've only had to actually say that one time, but, um, you know, other than that, I, I like it. Uh, it's a lot more responsibility and stuff like that, but, um, it workers feel the best when they bring value to a company. And so like with that promotion, I feel like I bring, uh, you know, more value, but also like, 
I don't feel like I can be a good lead at all. Or the reason I can be like a good lead on the drop side is because like Nate and Brandon are so organized at the top. And then the guys that I'm working with are, you know, are also so organized and so good at listening. Um, and uh, it's it's been such a humbling experience. It's and, and also such a uh, like a, a loving experience almost because the guys that I work with that there a lot of them are older than me, um, but they they rally behind me and they come to me as the lead and they respect my position on the job site. And so, uh, you know, for me as a young guy, that, that, that feels tremendous. Like I don't it, the pay doesn't even matter, you know, with that feeling at that point, obviously pay does matter, but just like that in itself is such a huge reward of, of just feeling, you know, these guys that you admire and that, you know, work really hard, uh, look, are willing to follow you. Yeah. So do do you know why that is? Do you know why that transition was so easy for you? I can explain why. Uh, I I guess <laughs> I probably don't. No. And so um, so so for those that are listening, you don't know, but uh, Jason's uh, sons and then brother are here, kind of like the studio audience. So if you hear like the canned like laughter in the background, that's uh that's them. Uh, we didn't we didn't add it in. But <laughs> um, so so when I when I refer to things, so like you know, young guys that are sitting off to the side and and stuff like that, and even you know maybe old guys in the room. Uh, Jason. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, the, the, the reason that that happens is, is every time that you started a company and I don't care, like, cause mo- most of the time when you started a company, you're not hired in as middle management or the CEO or whatever, right? Like no, some, some companies do it that way. Right. Like they, they, they open it up for outside applications for a CEO, CFO, whatever. Right. Right. But most of the time you come into a company and you're starting as the guy that's like taking the trash out, you know, you yeah. know, Basically. So here's what's happened is you're like I've said many times on the podcast, you have like bank accounts with people, right? Mm. And you start investing in those bank accounts with people. So say like you're working with Jason and Jason has to mop up after you every single time you do a job. He always has to fix things for you and all that other kind of stuff. And just to let you know, he hasn't said anything like that. I'm just illustrating the point. (laughs) But um, is is and then you get promoted to a leadership role. Do you think that he's going to be a good follower? If, if if he's had to do nothing but mop up after you every single job that you've ever had. Oh, no. So no, that's just the be. thing is that the reason that transition has been easy for you is because you've invested in those people and you've done your job and that's you've right. like been you've an admirable person. Mm-hmm. So right. when you start into a job, I don't care if it's McDonald's. I don't care if it's CEO of JCAM Catalyst, right? Like right. when you start into those jobs, you start those relationships with people and those people are going to be moving around through the company. You're going to be moving around through the company and you may be the lead like you are of guys that have way more experience than you. Right. But because you have started those relationships when you very first started, like, right, like you've started investing in those bank accounts when that transition happens. And it probably, <clears throat> if you have people that have more experience, it's probably something that they might kind of see as a bad thing of like I I have more experience than this guy why did he get promoted over me right right but like if you want good followers you know you have to invest when you very first start in those mm-hmm. people those relationships start at day 1 mm-hmm. and so that was what I kind of got out of out of that um, yeah heck yeah I appreciate you saying that that and you have to be a good you have to be a good follower before you can be a good leader well and I I think it is I think that it's kind of going back to what I said is I I'm not gonna I don't want to pat myself on the back and say like I'm a good job lead, but I feel like I'm able to be a good job lead because just because the workers the people because of the people that I work with are are such good hard workers and they're great followers and it it really is uh, in my opinion you know because especially every guy on our crew could be crew lead great crew lead you know just the the issue is uh, 
you just can't have eight crew leads <laughs> because you know what I mean. Then you don't have a crew, but it it really is harder to be a follower sometimes than it is to be a leader. I think it is hundred percent, especially you know when you feel like you have what it takes to be a leader. Um, and, and just like you said with bank accounts, man, it's just about me personally giving a fuck about about them about their you know especially in the areas where they're more experienced than I am. I I see that and I step back and you know I let them do their thing and. And I don't micromanage or anything like that. I just, you know, let them do their thing to their best ability. And that's where they work the best when they don't have somebody breathing over their shoulder. You know what I mean? They, they're able to just go sing their song and, and really, you know, work and feel good about themselves. And then every time, and, and this is, these are, this is those situations where, you know, it makes me feel, uh, it makes me feel good because every time when those, we know when those projects do get finished, they come, they come up to me and ask me to check it and make sure it's okay. And so, it's just they respect like they respect me enough to, you know, come up and just really communicate with me. You know, it's not like a back and forth battle of like old versus young on the job side or nothing like that. It's always uh it's been an eye opening experience. I'm like, man, you guys I feel like are starting to like respect me more than I like feel like I respect myself sometimes on the <laughs> job side. So Well and, and it's it's also I caution you being a new leader of getting tied up in those like those buzzwords, macro management, micromanagement, all that other kind of stuff. Right. If you read Jocko and Leif's book, Dichotomy of Leadership, everything that you do is a teeter totter. Yeah. So um, you know, if you have somebody that's brand new on the job mm-hmm. or somebody that like, you know, like Nate that has struggles with installing windows the correct way, you <laughs> right. might have to Dang. you might have to micro shots fired again. <laughs> you might have to micromanage that situation right. to teach them. So well, it, it just depends on the person in the situation. It, yeah, and so. so when I look at that is mm-hmm. it's just like I said, if I like uh we're we'll just we'll do it together. We'll figure this out together. That's right. Uh that's right. I, I just I never want to come off as you know, like I'll lead from the like I'll 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 try to pick up the most trash. You know what I mean? I, I try to be like a, just like, you know, Nate said when we were working on Riffle House, he had Anthony drive the telehandler, you know, so Nate, who the who the job lead was at the time, or the boss, wasn't just sitting in the telehandler all day while we were up on the roof working, you know, and so that's the kind of mindset that I try to have too on the drop side is um, I'm going to like still be getting my hands dirty too, you know, just because I got a uh, promotion doesn't mean anything else at all but, it means more work it means but more eventually work, more eventually there comes a point where you need to be more on it than in it yeah you know and and yep. honestly that's honestly kind of where nate's at of, yep. you know i mean he's just not at a point where he can he's kind of in that like transitionary phase where it's almost like i need to do more sales paperworky yeah. stuff but i don't have the people and the infrastructure yeah. to do it and, and yeah. so and i think that was like <coughs> the biggest one of the biggest points of i guess hiring me as a lead was so he is able to work on the company more uh, I'm able to work in the company more, um, and able to, you know, the communication line is it can str- is streamlined uh, more effectively without Nate being there. I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the moment that I realized that I uh, needed made to the quit. worst decision ever. Ah! No, 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 the moment I realized that I needed to be working on the company, not in the company, was when I installed that window backwards. That was, <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, I was like, that's awesome. I. Like, because I had been in that transitional yeah. period, and I'd been like off the job site and working elsewhere and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is like a simple, stupid mistake. Right, it's right. like it was just because I was like rusty, and I'm like, yep. I was my head was so Not many in, other places, yeah, yeah. you know. Yep. Well, yep. but just I trying think, to rush through. I think the big takeaway there too is is that as you get more on it than in it, just remember that. Like those guys that are doing it every day, like maybe like listen to them when they say we should do it this way mm-hmm. on some things. Like now, if you know it's like against the law mm-hmm. or against code, you know. <laughs> yeah. But 
but it's one of those things of where you know you do start to lose touch with that kind of thing. I mean, I can tell you yeah, that, sure. like, as a cop, when I go on when I go on two weeks vacation and I come back, I feel like I'm in a whole new world <laughs> because like the 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 dope scene has changed to where like people are dating different people they're living at different places they've done different things they've been criminal trespass from <laughs> different it's it's like scene. it's like it's like uh it's it's like a whole new world you know and that's just after two weeks so just imagine if you're just like a manager or a boss or what whatever title you want to put to it there's negative connotations to boss but um you know you you're gonna lose track of some of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and just yeah. be mindful of that so anyway Jason. That's awesome, man. So How about I, you, man? Uh, lots changed since last time I was here. So That podcast, I listened. The first day I worked with Jason, Jason, like I knew Jason was, you know, a pastor. Uh, and we worked. I thought Jason was cool as shit. And he's like, yeah, you should listen to my podcast. And, so and then, then the, he didn't think you were cool well, as shit. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so the next day I Then he I was did. floored. <laughs> yeah, the next day I listened to it. But Jason wasn't at work with us the next day, I don't think. And no. so... I was like, "Holy shit! This <laughs> this is the dude I was working with. Like, what in the hell?" Uh, but it was it was a great. Dude, why I, why are you turning my, red, Jason? It was <laughs> my it was it was my favorite uh my favorite podcast to listen to. Such a yeah. testament to to Christ and just time and not giving up. That's yeah. why when he pitched this podcast, I was like, "Yes, one hundred percent, yes." Yeah. So so like like I was saying, a lot's changed. Um, we've we've made the the jump into the parsonage in Sterling so that we can be more involved, boots on the ground with the campus there in Sterling at Encounter Church. Um, I've went further along in my credentialing classes, gained a lot more knowledge over the past six months, um, and also became much more humble in the idea of the uh, the wickedness of the world out there and the struggles that people are facing and the hard questions that they're seeking answers to. And it was perfect timing that Caden yeah, kind of attacked me with this barrage of questioning. <laughs> and, and the funnest part of it was, I, I mean this from the deepest part of my heart, is that the energy, the energy was so high that it was like six questions deep before I could get a breath in to answer the first question. And I was like, man, this guy's got a lot of stuff he needs to know. And I'm like, so it opened up my mind's eye to what that looks like for everybody today. And, and my own kids can speak to this too, because they've been calling out to me and their mom and they've been reaching out to find, you know, to find out where is this fear that's driving in their hearts coming from and what do we do about it? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so that's really what started, uh, the dichotomy of our conversation and, uh, you know, and also I'd like to speak to Nate's business and what, what, uh, Caden's going through right now, because I'm, I'm beautifully coming into this, uh, with a fresh set of eyes at this place in their company. I've not been there long, but what I see in the dynamic of the group of men that work there is, uh, an acceptance. Like everyone is very accepting mm-hmm. of what we're doing for the company and how we're going to get it done. Doesn't seem to be a lot of abrasiveness, a lot mm-hmm. of resistance. Um, everyone seems to be really chill. I don't know if they're all smoking weed or what's going on, <laughs> but you know, that's up to Nate and his partner to figure out. But anyhow, everybody's super cool. And I, and I was joking about the weed thing anyhow, but, um, not very pastorly to say. And, <laughs> I thought and, it was, and I thought me, it was pretty and, funny. And let me, let me, <laughs> I got to back up too, because some people are going to listen to this podcast and I want to correct something. What I'm doing right now in Sterling is I am interning 
for the associate pastor position. I'm still not credentialed completely by the Assemblies of God, um, and I am in a process of being approved by the board and the pastoral leadership in the church of, of Encounter Church to become this associate pastor. We're on the hinge of it right now. Through the month of January, I'm believing that everyone will be uh, announced this too, and it'll be accepted. But for now, anybody listening to this, Jason is interning as the associate pastor uh, for Sterling Campus. Um, and that's where my title sits right now. Doesn't change how much discipleship work I've went through the past few years. It doesn't change how much pastoral credentialing I'm going through right now. Doesn't change how many hard conversations like what I had with Caden. It really wasn't even a hard conversation. Let me term that properly. Uh, interesting conversation. It's a conversation that people uh, you feel like usually don't want to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But with Jason, I admire the shit out of Jason because it's easy to ask him those hard questions and he go. doesn't... Uh, he keeps he keeps like a, he keeps a level head and he's and he answered them great you know with you, you know with a uh, scripture yeah um yeah well he should always that's absolute truth that any pastor should always um not attack but should always come at a question from a from a, a struggling believer or a non-believer with the word of god because it's it's everything. You know, everybody says this analogy, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's absolute truth because what the word of God is in book form is a testament to how we can have a better life and not struggle so much and find our way to a better eternity right. versus hell. And so if you just take it for what it is at that level, it's worth a shot. There's oh, yeah. no one that should say, uh, I'm just totally against Christianity and the Bible because what's that going to do for me? Well, honestly, you can't lose anything if you try it. You can only gain everything. So you're a fool if you stand on that. Right. You're just a fool. Well, and, and as a as a Mason, and everybody's probably going to think like cringe at that word, but uh, it's got a negative connotation in today's society. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even we, know you we, were a Mason. Yeah, so one of the things they say that's that's like the not a secret or whatever. There's actually a lot in what we call the cipher that is plain English that you can just read. Right. Um, they talk about, so a Bible is always open in the middle of the lodge, every lodge meeting. Right. Um, and so they talk, one of the things they teach us as speculative Masons and not operative Masons, we're not actually laying stone, right? But we're learning things from what Masonry can teach us like through the word of God. And they say that the Bible is the rule and guide uh, of of your life, of faith, rule yeah, and guide. Right. So, it's important because, like, when you guys are building anything, you're ruling it out, you're measuring it, you're Absolutely. making sure it fits in the right place, you're making sure that it's going to stand the Absolutely. test of time, you know, in the same thing in the guide. So, like, I can't tell you how many times I've asked Jason, I've asked my pastor Wayne, or just other believers of, like, if I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to live it admirably, like, how do I do it? You know, right. so, like, <clears throat> when I have my business, like, that's income to me. How can I, how do I tithe? adequately on income from my business because it's you know structured this way you know asking those questions of how do i the rule so we're making like putting the measuring yeah. tape up to it does it does it fit the the word of god and the guide of like here's kind of how you absolutely. live that admirable life so absolutely um so that's you know that's basically what's changed in our lives you know i started working for lux uh, after kind of floundering around for a few months waiting on god to tell me what i was supposed to do um uh, i've had some really wonderful eye-opening um times with the Lord over the past six months where my faith has been strengthened to a point where I literally, I'm serious guys, believe it or not, get up in the morning, go to my office chair, have my coffee, have made no plans for the day, 
and know that God has something for me. And so I'll sit there and study a little in the word and I'll start doing some of my classwork or whatever. The next thing I know, a phone call will happen and it'll either turn into somebody that has a struggle that needs some help that turns into a blessing for me or turns into a blessing for them. And it has been a fun ride. Like uh, financially, I haven't had to strive or seek uh, finances for the past six months because God's just been providing abundantly through my trust and faith in his provision. Uh, I've been stuck studying um, the the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, and the line that I'm stuck on and I'm really studying deeply right now is where Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. And as I sit and I meditate on that, and what I want to share with the listeners is that what he's speaking to is the striving that we do in this world today. And what he's speaking to is how striving isn't an adequate way to trust and have faith in the Lord or in anything, truly. Because the more we strive, the more our fingers are in it and the less there is anything that God can do to control it or to give us a blessing out of it. So as I've been doing that and tearing that down in my life, man, life has became 80% less stressful. Life has became uh, 65%, 70% more fun. Um, there's been interesting conversations like what Caden and I have been stirring up. There's been uh, dynamics where the truth needs to be told because ignorance is a real thing. Mm-hmm. People people hate that word to be called ignorant. They feel like it's an insult, but all it means is you just don't know. Yeah. So why take it as an insult? Let me educate you. Let us find some wisdom and knowledge <coughs> together and watch you grow because that's what God does. So um, that's the journey I'm on. That's the stance I'm going to take and walk with as I'm a preacher. I'm going to teach about faith. And I'm going to teach about studying the word because if you don't study the word, you won't know the word and you can't grow. And that's just the truth. So. Well, and, and and if you haven't listened to either Jason or Caden's past podcast, like you'd have to understand that journey for Jason sure. and as well as Caden, you know, through those things of of like that, that this is not what, you know, Jason used to do with life, not you know, and and that was one thing even you and I were talking about. And if you don't mind me talking about it, mind. and if you if you do let me know and I'll edit it out. But You're fine. that was one thing I was I was talking when we talk about hard conversations. Um, I was talking with Jason and I was just like, Hey, I encourage you just be careful. Like with this of like, don't go back to like the old Jason and you're know, like wanting to do the storytelling or the, what, like it's, it, yeah. you know, once you kind of get that position of like, maybe I guess power, I, I, I mean, it's just a pastor absolutely. of a small church, but you get what I'm getting right. at. Of, absolutely. You know, of just of like, influence. but, but the thing is go. we have that mutual, we have that mutual respect because he holds me accountable because we have like our small, we have our small men's group Bible studies and things too. He holds me accountable. And, you know, I was just, you know, wanting to reciprocate the same back. Yeah. um, And and, I'd like to speak to that, speak to that specifically. So if you watch episode 52, I believe it was, which was my testimony and, and my story on the podcast, um, it was 92% actual 100%, 92% truth and 8% embellishment. There were things in there that were a little bit loftier than really happened. And these are lessons that I've learned because if I would have told these stories eight years ago, boy, there would have been a whole lot of lies mixed in there. And so God has shaved things off over time to realize, like Nick said, that uh, there's no need to stir up the truth any more than what it is because it's amazing. It's just absolutely captivating. Uh, The place that I was to where I've gone and where God still got me to go. And so... That's what excites me to talk to Caden about questions, about the LGBTQ uh, world, about uh, about drug addiction, about sin and the depths of sin, and, and where does God stand in those things? Because, you know, there's learning curves for me, too, um, but I, I am far enough ahead of 
of say Caden in my journey and and in my study of the Word of God that I do have some pretty solid answers, and I'm not afraid to to answer any question from anybody because I've been at those darkest places in my life. And I try to come at people with an attitude of, man, I'm just like you. There's really nothing different between Caden right. and I. Absolutely nothing yeah. as far as human <clears throat> abilities and humanality and all these things go. Uh, I'm just on a track to lead people to Christ and to serve the community differently than he is. Mm-hmm. And so it's exciting. It's exciting. Well, and I think it's also a testament to, you know, I find that when I'm applying that rule and guide of faith and I'm just walking to the best of my ability with what God has for me, things kind of start to fall in place for the yeah. lack of better terms. And it's like, it's like almost like, you know, that as I'm sure you've talked to Wayne and even had some of these experiences, but as a pastor, you're going to have people coming at you from like 20 different directions. Absolutely. And everybody's in a different place in their faith journey. Everyone has just this kind of maybe little different understanding of something or a different way they interpret a piece of scripture and they might not agree with how you're doing it or how it's being taught in this Bible study, et cetera. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, with him coming at you with that energy, I think he's kind of helped, God's helping to prepare oh, your yeah. mind for oh, yeah. all of that that's getting ready to come. Because, you know, another thing that's going to happen, and I told this to Jackie is, and you prepare your wife for this is, if there's something that you maybe say or do on the pulpit that maybe somebody doesn't like or whatever, they're yeah. going to try to end around through her to try to get her to influence you. Yeah. And so she needs to set up those healthy boundaries of speak with my husband, Absolutely. you know, and that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, I, I learned that from another podcast I was listening to. And I was just like, man, I never even thought of it that way mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean, think, think of the influence that your wife has with you. Oh, so if sure. they, if they know they can't sh- maybe, like change your mind first almost yeah (laughs) right so we'll we'll go we'll go to her to try to get her to influence jason to do this thing that we want which is not always adequate now to be fair you know if he's doing something he shouldn't be like uh, let's have a conversation but but also my wife's crazy and it's gonna be awesome so (laughs) i'm pretty i'm pretty sure she'll shoot it down and not even talk to me edit that out so so she doesn't murder you later no she won't even listen to this (laughs) so uh, no, no, I, I think you're right. I think that I, I know you're right. I've watched this and witnessed this throughout life, and, and I'm a really good observant person. Um, I, I love the idea of watching people and seeing how things are stirred up. And I really enjoy stirring up things in people these days that create hard questions, man, because uh, there's not enough of it. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of it. There's people that are tiptoeing around the edge of these hard topics of the media's... Um, they don't like to feel uncomfortable. Gosh, it's just crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy the way the world's turned. Um, you know, that a that a news media outlet can be purchased by the highest bidder, and then the content that comes out is to discern and sway people one direction in such a way. The world's changed. It's just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And if anybody can't see it, take the blinders off, people. Yeah. It is different. There's a uh, there's a video and it's it's been going around for a couple of years, but it's just like a mo- it's you know it starts off with one news uh one news reel going um you know like of like uh, on TV and then it shows five and then it shows ten and then it shows twenty five and yeah. uh, every single one is saying the exact same thing, but it's from all over the country. Yeah. Um and is and I can't remember what it was, but it was just uh the point of the video was to get across that. All the news media, whether it's left wing news media or right wing news media, is uh, the the big guys at the top are are all running yeah. both sides. It's of bought it. and paid for. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and back growing up when we were kids, you know, and Nick, you know, and even maybe Nate, I don't know, you know, things have changed in Kane's lifetime, but you know, and I, I remember trusting the the newsman. Yeah. The newsman told a story For sure. and, and there wasn't a reason but, but to But that's doubt just the it. thing. It wasn't telling a story. Right. They were just reporting, reporting the facts, facts. and that's then right. allowing you to make yeah. your own yes. interpretation Absolutely. of the facts. And, and now, now they're interpreting yeah. things and you have to pick out what's fact that's and what's right. not. Yeah. That's the that's the big challenge. Or trying to just push an agenda, <clears throat> a personal yeah. agenda or a you know, agenda yeah. that uh I want to lean into that for a second too, because my son Gage, he's, we've been having some hard conversations about some fears that are coming up through videos he watches and things he's been reading and, and, and for lack of discernment. And I think he'd agree with this, you know, of not being in a relationship deeply with Jesus at this time in his life and, and trusting some of the things he's hearing and seeing in today's media and social media. It's created such a level of fear in his heart that, that it's, it's brought him to a place where he's called us and asked us, what do I do? about this and uh and and being on the walk that we're on we know what to do about it but trying to understand how to turn him into that direction in a way that he can trust it isn't as easy as you would think and uh because of the fear and the social media tactics that are out there i mean and i can i can guarantee you he's not the only one you know yeah. obviously by some of the questions caden was asking me there's some things that are stirring up uh this it's it's distruth there's a lot of distruth that creates these uh, heretic truths in someone's mind that, okay, I believe this is true based on hearsay and what everyone else is telling me on the social web. And, and without fact checking it and then leaning into that, you're setting yourself up for a bad place. That was actually what I was just getting ready to say is from what I hear on that is he still had the forethought to say, Something here is not right. Right. And right. I need to reach out to somebody I know I can trust. Absolutely. You know, and instead of just hook, line, and sinkering yeah. something like that, and then just allowing that, because that, that, that is the enemy. That yeah, is the enemy. chamber. Yeah, yeah, that is the enemy, like trying to get that chink in your armor. And, you know, I would tell him the best thing I ever did for my mental health was I stopped watching mainstream media. Yeah. I stopped stopped following those things on Facebook. As a matter right. of fact, I shut my Facebook off for a long time. The only reason that I have a Facebook again is because I'm managing a campaign website Absolutely. or a webpage. That's yeah. the only reason I, I turned it back on. That was it. And getting away from social media and getting away from the media was the single best thing that I did for my mental health. Absolutely. And it just took away all of that anxiety. And it allowed me to see the world for what it is. Yeah. Meaning... If I listen to the mainstream media, they're telling me to hate my neighbor. Absolutely. <clears throat> because they've got a Joe Biden sign in their front yard and I've got a Trump sign in my front yep. yard. And that's not the way it is. Like my neighbor and I, uh, which my neighbor's not a Biden supporter. Right, right. Sorry, Jason. Good example. Sorry, you're, Jason. You're the Biden supporter. Um, <clears throat> He's not a supporter. Dang it, bro. <laughs> you can get out. <laughs> you can get out. Anyway, um, is it, it allowed me to see the world for what it is. Because even as law enforcement officers, like we can't, we have to do fair and impartial policing, meaning I can't judge you based on the color of your skin right. or what religion you are well, you or should. where you're from. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to judge you by what you bring to the table right there in that moment Absolutely. with those facts. And so that's what you need to do with the world yeah. is shut that noise off and look at literally the people around yeah. you. They like walk up to somebody and talk to somebody in the Midwest, and 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 typically you're gonna get the, you might get a kind of a side eye of like yeah, but they'll talk but they're to gonna you. say hi, you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing, and yeah. it's not this adversarial relationship no. that we're set up to be. You know, Absolutely, we're, not. if we're divide, if we're divided and we're fighting, like for instance, like look at just just let's just uh, digest this a little bit. 
right now that that they talk about how that Epstein client list is getting ready to come out. Well, have you seen this flood of like Israel versus Palestine, this uh, LGBTQ choose your bathroom, choose your sports, you know, all these things, yeah. right? Distractions. If, if we are down here fighting each other, and I say down here on the social social economic pecking order, right? And we're fighting each other over what bathroom someone can choose, right? Because right. we can't unite on that. Like, Absolutely. for instance, did you guys notice the unification that we all had just a little while ago where we all had that thing that it was like, like it was a agenda driven. It's all yeah. bought and paid for. Like we all just unanimously Ooh, agreed yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. And but so I- if we can, if we can focus on <clears throat> really the true things that matter, the evil of yeah. the world, which is exactly what that those people don't want us to focus on. They don't want right. us to focus on God. Right. They don't want us to hold them accountable. So if we can fight over whether you have an R or a D next to your name, then you're not focused on things like a client list like that. Uh, yeah, identity politics to me is the worst thing to happen to our country. I, I hate it. It's everybody I feel like is more worried about being called a Republican or Democrat than the actual like policies and issues at hand. Uh, but um, I guess what I wanted to say about the social media thing real quick was uh, – I so I don't see what I don't see any I don't really know anything about what's going on with the Epstein client list or I don't know anything about what's going on like with the distractions that you're mentioning with uh uh Israel and and Palestine and Palestine um and it, that I think is simply because when I was in high school I was like so in in the news our every post on my Facebook was like a political post. I was, I was, yeah, I remember being that I, way too. Uh, and, and it's, it gets so fucking exhausting, bro. <laughs> just, yeah, it does. You get, you get stressed, you get stressed out. But you, it, but you're coming into the age where you're getting ready to be a p- member of society. Can, yeah. So you want to feel connected. I want to be informed. I want to be a part of this, you know, but system. I think how much, how much, how much really, cause, cause we all just agreed five minutes ago that the news cycle is pretty fucked. And that it's it's pick and choose, you know, pushing f- certain agendas. The way I think about it is, I can't, I I don't, I I don't want to say I don't care, but what I make, what I've made my social media is just, and then I think it's possible is to just do it with like stuff. And I talked about it in the podcast with Light. It was like surround yourself, you know, with uh the shit that you like. So like I like fishing and skateboarding and uh anime and and art and fishing or like hunting just that those sorts of things and so really on my twitter and instagram and facebook you know facebook's a little different i got like all my family on there but uh i'm surrounded with stuff that i think that piques my interest that because i try to get off social media for a long time because i was so drained by all the negativity but then i got bored you know i feel like a lot of people really do get off social media and then they're bored (laughs) you know it's like well fuck what do i do now i'm just you know i'm sitting here uh and so i i try to just stop stop i like unfollowed all news pages and followed uh artists and skateboarders and and just that sort of thing and that made a and it really like what you like and what you look at what you spend your time on social media like the algorithms are going to pay attention to that yeah and like once you start going down like a rabbit hole of something that's a distraction like that it's an echo chamber. Oh yeah, yeah. and is. and then over and over and over again, you gain that cognitive bias. It's like then you start to think it's the truth. Yeah, it's like it's like a fallacy of when you you think something's true, and then you you see like you see it it be true in an instance, but it's not like the case overall. Uh, but you assume it to be now. Um, yeah, and, and then you know, and then you read the comments and stuff. But I think it's important what you surround yourself with. But also, I'm like you said, I'm getting to the age now 
where I don't even want to like listen to what's going on anymore. I just want to like, I want to be the one that runs and, and just, and does something about it. Um, I'm so, I feel like so many people just share shit on Facebook and complain and, and, and honestly, like, I really don't think just sharing shit on Facebook or, or anything like that really is, uh, is doing anything. I mean, I maybe think it is to a degree, but if that's really all everybody's doing, change is never going to happen. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, I just, that's how I felt when I was in high school. I was like, what the fuck am I even doing? Literally all I do is sit here and type and bitch and complain about the world on Facebook. I'm not even, I'm not taking any action. I'm not going to a city council meeting and listening to local issues. I'm not doing I got anything. A perfect like that. example of that. And it's something we've talked about recently. And it's with, um, the Stevens brothers uh-huh. and then buying twin peaks 6S, these other, I mean, they're big money people out of Wichita. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've got enough money to control everything. Absolutely. And people are sharing stuff on Facebook right now, and they're saying, hey, don't support these guys. They're pulling the 3% um, credit card charges out of people's tips, this and that. It's like, at the end of the day, everybody's only going to share that post. Yeah. Are people really going to stand up? And not go to Twin Peaks. Yeah, be, exactly. And not go to Success. Not go to Spangles. Not support Wichita Hunt, Thunder Hockey. Not like no, they're gonna keep going. Go to Supercar Guys. Like, and the only way to stop someone like that is to vote with your dollar and to not go to those places. Right. Yeah. That is the only way yeah. you stop the momentum. Yes, or something like the that. social media posts don't do that. Yeah, I mean, right. they maybe raise a little bit of awareness. They do. awareness. And so, like in this case that I think Nate's talking about, where it is kind of more local that people don't know about, I think it is good for people to be sharing. But if you like to the listeners, <clears throat> it's tough. You know what I mean? Where maybe you know me and Nate and Jason, we are boycotting. This is just a hypothetical. We're boycotting. Uh, um, what was the restaurant? Spangles. Uh, not Spangles. Oh. The, the Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. No, and Nick. <laughs> this is a bad example, bro. I'm sorry, but Nick does want to go to Twin Peaks, and uh, um, a lot of the times, dude, me, us three are gonna give in and just be like, okay, let's go. You know what I mean? And so, I guess to the listeners, I want to say is, dude, don't do that shit. Like for real, give in and stand for something. I don't get this. There's the <clears throat> point of what's the point of life if you're not gonna, you know, ten toes to the ground, really stand for something and stand for what you believe in and 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 fight against uh what you don't believe in you know what i mean or fight against what you think is wrong um these guys have enough money to where last year they lobbied um language into a bill to where the kansans were basically going to pay for some of their property taxes Hmm. this bill got shot down and also in this bill it would have um cut down property taxes for your average kansan and so we ended up paying more property tax last year because of the power these guys have and like voting with your dollar takes that away it does yeah um so one thing that i heard i didn't mean to go ahead go ahead ahead. okay i'm gonna segue in a second um i want to i want to go back i want to go back to what you talked about with boredom um so so think of a time you know because i know a time because i grew up in this area because i'm ancient now (laughs) uh is you know we didn't have facebook we didn't have social media cell phones were a new er thing didn't have microwaves um, didn't have TVs. they uh <laughs> yeah people still had slaves i, I, I drove, I drove, I drove a horse and buggy to school um but anyway uh was so there's a really phenomenal book out there i just texted my buddy to try to remember the name of it um and uh oh hey he just texted me back let me get it here so i want, I want to quote the correct book uh okay so think like a rocket scientist by ozon varol 
V-A-R-O-L. Anyway, he talks about in this book of the Apollo missions, and, and I've kind of been stuck on the Apollo missions, and I, I don't want to get too far on this because it's like a, a it could be a whole other podcast on leadership based on the Apollo missions, but um, was he talks about how in those moments, those rocket scientists, like these guys are trying to land a spacecraft on the moon, right? Uh, never been done before. You're, you're going you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away from Earth. You're literally leaving and, Earth. Yeah. And so, and so you have all these engineering problems and this technology that you're having to literally make out of thin air. Right. And so he said that in order to think like a rocket scientist, you know what they did to solve most of their problems? It wasn't meetings. It wasn't classes. It wasn't like this, you know, CAD software because they didn't have that. Just tinker with shit when they're bored. It was when they were bored. Like when they were sitting, taking a crap, and their brain was occupied with nothing. Right. When they were fishing and their brain was occupied with nothing, right. they had this kapow moment. Right now, that's just another thing is we constantly have these devices in our hands. And if I get bored, all I got to do is bring up YouTube. I'm entertained. All If I get bored, all I got to do is bring up Netflix and I'm entertained. And just think about this. I saw a, a, a video on Instagram. Imagine if it was just you and your goal. Whatever that goal is, whether that's becoming cr- clo- cr- closer to Christ, whether that is getting your business bigger, whether that's being the best possible lead you can, whether that's being sheriff of Rice County, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if it was just you and your goal, not you, your goal in Netflix, you, your goal in Facebook, you, your goal in YouTube, you, your goal in this. What could you get done? <clears throat> and how much distraction you're having in your hand and if you don't look at the screen time on your device and see what you're spending in those apps you know you are wasting like if you if you put like up on on a on the wall and you put a dot for every day that you're supposed to live and start filling those dots in they actually still have stoic calendars based on this that you fill a dot in and you have this visual representation of your life now wasting away you're wasting incredible amounts of time that you could be doing good for your fellow man right and <clears throat> so boredom is a good thing because boredom spurs your mind into doing and thinking and coming up with solutions to problems that you would have never thought otherwise. And so boredom is actually a very admirable trait to look for in today's society. Yeah, and it's one that really doesn't exist. I heard someone say they were bored today, and I was like, man, I have not heard that in a long time. And I think that's because oh yeah, we have our phones, which I, which I agree with that, uh, Nick. I really don't have a counterpoint to what you're saying if you just uh, want to argue with what, but no that's, no but for me for me that's a great opportunity to step in here to jump in on some things that i've been taking notes about as i've been listening uh, because i've been bored and i've been able to process as i've listened to you guys talk anyhow i'm just joking um, but listen so so and but look you could take it as that let's you know be real with it you know so let's think about this um so, and, and this is my personal experience over the past Sorry. few months, uh, my quitting my job, finding that I had more time on my hands, um, dropping a deeper level of faith into what God's got planned for me every day, uh, studying into a scripture that talks directly about God supplying what you need when you need it as he sees fit. Um, all of those things have created very big times of boredom for me. But it was my perspective of calling it boredom or of time that yeah. I could manage 
that made all the difference. I think that word is so important. So, you know, and words have power, right? You know, we know this for a fact. And and not only do they have power at the personal level, but they have power at the strategic level and of the level that we go to attack a a big corporation who wants to change bills and to create hard living for people at the bottom level, like Nate was talking about, you know? So, and and what I, what I, what I want to share from that is let's take, let's take a, a piece of pie out of American history. And let's look at some of the biggest game changers that that made things change for black communities, for for the American public. I'm going to use Martin Luther King and I'm going to use Ronald Reagan. And I'm also going to throw Rick Warren in there who wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And I don't know many Americans who are Christian or not Christian that haven't heard of that book because it was the number one best-selling book in the world for like six years running because of the impact that it had made on people's lives after they went through the book. What I want to share with you about those three names is all three of those names were people of strong faith who were devoted to a God, the creator of the world. And with that power behind them, they made some of the largest changes in American history and are still ripple affecting through the world as we sit here today doing this podcast. Um, you ask any anybody over 60 years old what they think about Ronald Reagan, and I'm going to bet you 90% of them were on board with what he what he did for the country and the, the planning he did and the big government he stood up against. And we look at Martin Luther King, everybody knows what he did. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, broke down barriers for blacks, allowed uh, the world to finally change in a way that was for good. Of course, there's still struggle, but but these men sitting back on their own haunches I have to assume they wouldn't have got so far only because of my experience with God. And so I'm talking from a personal level uh, because I've watched God change my life personally. I've watched him change the lives of my children personally. I've watched him change the dynamic of what I'm going to be now. I'm 41 years old or 43 years old and just figuring out what I'm going to be when I grow up because God, uh, you know, and so the, the one of the one of the big reasons I came on this podcast tonight was to talk about the idea of ins, of injecting a shot of faith through a creator into your life and then stepping into the agenda or arena of the big business of the struggle that it's real uh making a facebook post to say uh, I don't like what they're doing out there <laughs> you're right doesn't get you anywhere right but Asking God to help you discern the problem and then giving you a pathway to move in, then being obedient and moving in the pathway is exactly what Martin Luther King did. It's exactly what Ronald Reagan did, and it's exactly what Rick Warren's doing still to this day. And many, many other Holy Spirit-filled Christian people who are trying to make a difference. Um, There is a power out there that's way bigger than anything, and it's not magic, and it's not sorcery. It's, It's called the Holy Spirit. It's called the the uh it's called the creator of the world who wants to stand up and this is kind of some of the stuff we were drawing right. about on the job site and and how uh how does that really filter into our flesh well it filters into our flesh through uh submission and through obedience and uh so if you want to really make a change in the world and you're afraid that you can't make a change in the world sit back and examine your life a little bit and see who's in your corner See who do you have as your allies. See where you are in uh, the social and economic status of the the people you're around. And then think about it. Think about, like, look at all the people that are out there griping and crying about everything that's going on in the world. 
let's, I don't know the poll and I don't know how to ask, but I bet a bunch of them don't even know who Jesus is <laughs> or have been running from churches for years right. and don't, don't even understand what they're fighting against, honestly. They're, uh, just, they're just mad. Can I make a comment real quick Absolutely. about how you're, uh, when you, when at churches, if you go look at everybody that goes to church, which I'm not saying that church is some like, once you reach some, you know, financial status, whatever you got to go to church. But when you, when at least, you know, in my experiences, when I've gone to church over the years, a lot of people going to church uh, seem to be doing pretty well in life, Absolutely. you know, in terms of jobs and money and financial stability, uh, having a wife and kids and, and that sort of thing. Now, are there, you know, messed up people that go to church oh, and yeah. fucked up shit that happens? We hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's because, you know, rich white people go to church. I think it's because those people that are going to church over the years have, you know, like you said, think about instead of just, instead of, you know, posting for five minutes on Facebook about complaining, think about just praying for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's probably what a lot of these people um, did or why you see so many successful people um, in, you know, both marriage and uh, work and those sorts of things because they do pray and yeah. they do look to God instead of uh, um, the world. Yeah, instead of the world. I is can I there's a there's a verse from Revelations that I want to ask I want to bring up, can I? Yeah. Is I'm, that, gonna, I'm gonna speak to the perspective. How shift, dare though. you bring up scripture uh, while we're talking about God? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So so here's the thing too. I want to speak to that that comment about church people being uh better off and financially more stable and having uh stronger family units and stuff like that. Uh, let me let me share that that's really more about perspective because they put their trust in something. Yeah. And and yeah, instead that's of why. and instead yeah, of having fear and anxiety and worry, they have peace, joy and love. Right. And if I'm walking around in peace and enjoying love because guess what? I'm a pretty poverty-stricken white man right. at 43 years old going into pastoral ministry which does not pay well. And guess what? I'm rich, bro. Right. I am rich. And that's what and matters. I am happy. That's and, what matters. And I'm going to I'm going to exude that. You're going to come into my building and I'm going to look nice and I'm going to feel nice and I'm going to talk nice because guess what? I am nice, bro. Right. And and it's God only it nice, it's baby. only because God brought <laughs> me there, you know about. what I mean? Yeah, and, hell and yeah. It's, it's dynamite in small packages. That's what that's what I'm trying to shift this conversation into is that um you want to make a big explosion in a problem that's going on in this world, you've got to have God backing you up, man, because mm -hmm. the world's gotten so dense with with people using media and social economic stances and all these other things to, to fog it up that the human flesh has a hard time cutting through it. Mm -hmm. It really does. Yeah. And, and uh, you want to make a difference, you got to start with the rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stand on it. And it'll change, it'll change the perspective of your own person. That way, when you're sitting in the room full of these people that look like they're all doing really good, you look the same. Right. And it really fits. Right. You know? Hell yeah. You know, Hell and yeah. I would say, you know, as the, you know, the young men that just left, I'm assuming to go out for a vape break, but, and then, <laughs> the, and then you, um, you know, is, is you, you, you're, I remember going through that time in life where you're kind of like, okay, like I'm coming into the world as like a man, like, right? Like you're. Like I've heard you say, you want to settle down with a, a woman, you mm -hmm. want to have like kids, you want to like you know. Yep. You, so you have, I would assume, and I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing. I shouldn't say paraphrasing. I'm assuming here. So if I'm wrong on this, let me know. Yeah. I would assume that your your thought process <clears throat> is like I'm I'm coming into the world, I'm coming into life, and I want it to mean something. Like I want it to have meaning. Oh yeah. And time. and I want to have a positive effect, positive influence on the world. Yep. And so what happens is. It's it's almost like if you if you try if you're trying to build God's kingdom through you by like looking to the president to solve your problems or yeah. Congress or whatever, like that's all the wrong places. Yep. So what happens is 
like our little church, like Jason, when you started coming, like we had like what maybe ten on a good day, seven to ten, is yeah, on a good day, yeah. damn, yeah. And, I didn't know that. and so yeah, between Wayne, between Wayne, Jason, and Rob and Julie, in my opinion, and and other people in the church can disagree, but from them focusing on just their little tiny corner of the world, right? Like they, they, he isn't sitting in the Congress making these bills. He right. isn't like uh, you know a CEO of a large company. But he decided to just step up and change this little tiny corner of his world, and we are impacting lives at our church. Yeah, hell it, yeah. it is. It is one hundred percent happening. I mean, I've had people tell me that to my face, um, unsolicited, and and I see it too. So that's where we need to be at as a society in general. Is we're not going to vote ourselves into prosperity. Yeah, we're not going to like buy ourselves back into something. We need to get back to the foundations. We've talked about the foundations in business. Um, Nate and I had a couple, two or three podcasts ago where I tried to grow some things in my business way too rapidly and kind of got myself in, and I kind of had to take a step back. Yeah, um, it's the same thing in your life. You have to build on the rock and the foundation that is God. I, I don't understand personally as a believer how you make it through life without him as a part of it. And if you do, it's much harder and it's much more anxiety stricken. It's much, uh, it's just harder in every way. Right. And, and I can't tell you the level of peace like, like Jason was talking about. Now, does that mean I never get anxiety Absolutely and I'm like no. this perfect man? No. No. But I don't walk every day as if I'm on eggshells worried. Well, and you have somebody <laughs> legit to turn to yeah. when you do feel that way, you know, in God um, and in Christ and being able to pray. And just like kind of where he went back was when, you know, people that don't have that are starting to face those struggles. It's uh, they'll turn to, you know, maybe something else that's not going to be as helpful. Like they just, try to fill that void with something else. Yeah, that's not going to fill that exactly. void. And that's what or the a world person teaches in the world. people. That's what the world teaches people is. Okay, so the alcohol's not working anymore. Well, now we got vape stores on every corner. Go get you some vapes and smoke vapes. And if that's not working, well, there's poor, there's plenty of drugs out there. There's plenty of every, other things <laughs> yeah. out there. That and if that's can, not working, then yeah, social sex makes sex you feel good. You go, social yeah, media, porn, like social media, yeah, right. Yeah. There, there's no hope and joy and peace in that. I mean, I wrote this comment down because this comment stands on my desk in a little note card that I've carried around for years now. And it says, if people have hope, then the top doesn't have control anymore. Well, who is the top? Well, those are the tax collectors. Those are let's back in Jesus' day. Who did he go kick it with? Who did he go talk to? He talked to the people that were basically the top, but they were the unhappiest and the deepest in sin. Well, we're still there. Times just move forward with more modern efficiencies, but we're exactly the same group of people that were going yes. on back then. Yes. It's absolutely truth. So I say that as as the opportunity arrives is that complication is the problem. We complicate everything so much. We we can't make it simple anymore because simple would yeah. be too easy. Yeah. And easy doesn't seem to be right nope. because the world's taught us that easy isn't true. Mm -hmm. And that's a lie, man. Like it, you just shared your experience of moving into being the lead man. That shift sounds like it was pretty easy mm -hmm. because it was right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so, so if we can look at examples and have someone – point those examples out to us in our life as a pastor should, or as a good leader in a church should, or even a layman in a church should, uh, we're sharing the faith of Christ that way. Yeah. You know, uh, your, your candor and your attitude exhibits someone who, who knows Christ. Well, and, and, and so that's where I was, that's kind of, I feel like where you and I disagreed about like transgender people attending church was because I feel like that, that is so, uh, what's the term like? 
when people when stuff comes off, it's like and you kind of like you start dancing, and then I kind of want to start dancing. Yeah, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, like peer pressure, kind of. No, or? not like peer pressure. Like it's like they like you're in such a good mood, your vibes are starting to rub off on me, and now I'm in such a good mood. Yeah. Uh, and so I felt the same way as if like you know p- people living in sin come into church and they see you know how happy everybody is, and they see the the dynamic and the acceptance and, and just truly people in here living what Christ is right. like, I think that would rub off on them um, in a very positive way. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, and in a, in a pressureless way. And, and what you said earlier was people overcomplicate things. Dude, that's what me and you were doing the whole time was this overcomplicating right. shit, bro. And, right. and you told me and like the, the podcast listeners, I'm sorry, you guys listen, you guys missed Mike Root. He was the only one. He got to there. see it all. He got to listen to all of it. He was humble. But, uh, <laughs> what I was going to say was just, it is over, it, shit is over, compli- does get over complicated. Yeah. And just like you said, the next day. Was was well, I which I'd like to say something is Jason dude had because of that conversation, uh you know J- Jason kept using the term like plant the seed you know of Jesus Christ in somebody and uh for dude he and and I'm saved and I I do I feel I feel very rich in Christ's love I uh I feel like I do have a I feel like I do feel like I have a great relationship with Jesus Christ but I want to go back to my relationship with Jesus Christ to that Bible verse I want to bring Please, up yeah. Revelation 3:16. I'm sure you you probably know it. I'm going to let you But anyways, uh what I wanted to say back to the overcomplicating thing was well first with you planting the seed, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. You planted that seed from our conversation and dude, I would have I would have had uh I would have done a lot of sin the next day. I think we talked on on like Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. it was Wednesday as our conversation. Yeah, I didn't work Thursday, and 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 I ran into you Friday, and you shared with me some revelation that you had. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Because for me, you know, something like I said in the first podcast was one thing I struggled with in the past was, you know, doing my humanly wants, my worldly wants, not my uh, not what God wants me to do. You know what I right. mean? And so as I grow older, I and I try to do what God wants me to do, I realize. That's not what I wanted, but it's what I needed, and what was the best thing that could happen, you know, whatever, if you follow God's path, it's going to be better than anything you could imagine, Um, but, and so some of the things I've been, you know, I guess, like, struggling with, or not even really struggling with, uh, is, I don't think, I think having, I really do, I think, I'm not, I don't necessarily say premarital sex, but I think if you're having sex with a girl that you don't love or have real intimate feelings for that you plan on taking serious. It is not fucking worth it. It's not the risk to reward ratio is not worth it. The God doesn't want you to do it. Uh, it's just it's strictly there for a temptation. Yeah, strictly there for a temptation. You know, for and you know, I'm a good looking guy. Sometimes I got to be dodging, uh, dodging these these temptations and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, so it, we're it, gonna have to get him a bigger hat. We're gonna get, we'll, we'll put a link uh, to his tender on the profile. Of this <laughs> but um. And so I just wanted to say that Jason really this conversation that on Wednesday had moved me because I, I I more than likely would have ended up you know hooking up with this 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 woman this girl and I didn't because I just thought you know like I, I wanted to really bad there's but I just kept thinking like this damn conversation me and Jason fucking had <laughs> that's dude. awesome I'm um, just like this is not what God would want me to do you know what I mean I, I I'm sitting here right now knowing what is right or wrong and I have the like fucking choice to make the decision right now yeah. and and dude I did. I didn't do it. I made the decision to not do it and just go to bed and go to work the next morning. And I, I came to work the next morning and I was like, 
I am so mistakes were made. I mean, right. uh. <laughs> no, I was like, I am so glad, and, and I just he talked about it. He did. He, I mean, you weren't there, but he talked about like making that conscious decision to Praise not. God. Yep, and it was because of you, bro. So, of that. so the seed gets planted. Yeah. Um. And, yeah. And but then also, what I wanted to go back to was when we talked about overcomplicating things. Was uh, dude, like you just said, you when the next when you came back to me, you said. Yeah. God, or we, only person that knows is God. Yeah. You know, yeah, I and, changed my stance some because what I was being real hard lined about the idea that, and, and let me back up on the topic we were talking about a little more too. He asked me the question about do, do I believe that LGBTQ people should be allowed in church? And, and if they are allowed in church, uh, is their sin different than, say, other sin? And, and how do we work that? And I was trying hard to explain the idea of, the pastor's job and the role of the people that are saved to work with those people to, to bring them out of their sexual sin. Yeah. It's not that we don't want them in our building because that's not true at all. I want all of the dirty, broken people that are out there to hear me come to our church dirty and broken, but be ready because we're going to come at you with a heart of change. And, and the thing is we are as well. Absolutely. And, and we're a, very open have, about that. I have problems. We are not man, on yeah. like some mountain above you. Absolutely not. We are so, trying to trudge through it with you. Absolutely. And so the idea that churches need to open their doors with that attitude versus <clears throat> versus just saying we're going to create this little section in the corner of the church building where they're welcome to come and sit and we're going to allow them to be the way they are and never speak to it. That's the wrong stance. That's how churches are doing it. A lot of churches are doing it these days. They're saying, you know what, we're just going to love them the way they are, and it's uh, it's fine with us. Well, and we're just going <clears> to <throat> leave it alone. And I'm like, that's not what God calls us to do. So, so I guess, so where I, like my issue, I guess there is all, and this is where I'm arrogant. I'm arrogant and especially on the rock, like mm -hmm. you're saying. Uh, so I I want everybody and the listeners to know that. I'm not coming off as some person that knows like a, a lot about the Bible. Um because I don't, I I don't. But so growing up, you know, at, at church, I was taught that all sin hurts Jesus the same, whether it's lying or murdering or anything like that. All sin hurts Jesus the same. Is that that's is that? But that sin, sin is sin. There's exactly. no. There's sin no. Is sin. There's no. There's no. Like in in, in society, murders sin. up here, right? Yeah. And stealing a stick of gums down here. Exactly. And in, in in the world of God, sin is here. Right. Mur murder and stealing a stick of gum are right here. Right. Exactly. So together. so he so we have these you know transgender people that are living in sin. Every single person in the church is living in sin right now. In sexual sin, every person uh in the church is living in. I'm not saying every person, I guess, but you know, there's a lot. There's just many straight people that are living in sexual sin, just like it, I was. It's not just the sexual side of things. Like people well, yeah, sin in all kinds of different. ways. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or I, I, I know. But I'm just using it as an example, I guess. But so why, why do, why do we f not we feel? But why is there like a uh, action that wants to be taken to specifically get at these sects of people when we know and and the scripture tells us that all sin is the same. So how come I, I, I it comes off to me as our human minds of a, of a it comes off to me as our human minds chasing that harder than anything else cuz if if sin is sin why why I'm not saying put these people in a corner and and alienate them or whatever but if sin is sin um why couldn't you uh allow them to be in the church and and, and try to get get you know the love of Jesus Christ to rub off them. Obviously, have these conversations with them and stuff. But I just I and um. So let me clarify. I got to clarify right here because I'm a pastor on the way up 
and I don't want people looking at me any kind of different way than the truth. I agree. I agree with Caden that that these people not I can't say it like that. That people who who have become something that they're not or are locked into some kind of sin, no matter what sexual sin they are, are welcome through the doors of our church. And right. I and I I invite you to come. But what I'm saying is is that I'm going to love on you in a way through the word of God based on the truth of how God made you and and I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to stand on that if you're a man and you decide to become a woman that I'm going to encourage you to be, go back to being a man. I'm going to encourage you to trust that God made you because he's all knowing and all seeing and all being and that the sin that you're sitting in doesn't mean you're going to hell right now, but if you die before you decide to work with God and the cuz I I have a great friend uh, Mike Cressy, and he's not afraid to admit it, who when I met him, he was a Christian living life as a woman. Mm-hmm. And he did for almost five years before his his heart was spoken to by a pastor who called him out as the man that he was originally born to be. And so he was a Christian. She was a Christian mm-hmm. living her life, waiting on the Holy Spirit to move. And then when it finally happened today, he's Mike Cressy again. He went back from Michelle. So, so I... I I firmly believe that these people who are struggling are lost, are hurt, are lonely, are afraid, are confused, are told lies by the enemies from the pit of hell. And so I'm not I'm not judging and determining that they're not welcome. You're just trying to hold them accountable. Absolutely. And no no other difference than like if you were to come to me and like because I've I've talked about like struggling with porn. Absolutely. No different than coming to me and saying that's that, a sin. That's You've got to get that out of your life. Yes. Okay. So well, so yeah. In our uh, and so I guess I'll ask both of you guys again. I'll ask everybody again. Do you believe? And and, and I I don't. I, I feel like I'm pretty convicted on this stance that you know. uh God sent his one and only son to die on the cross for everybody's sins. And so for who anybody who believes in him, I feel like that's important. Who believes in him, whether they have a fucking dick or a vagina or they have both or they, they do with stuff with both. Or, you know what I mean? It does. It says whoever believes in him, God, God sent his son to die on the cross, sending his son, your most important thing for because he knows that we're all going to be sinners. And so I guess what I what I'm asking you guys is if Michelle, let's say Michelle, so she had accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior when she was walking in the sin. Yes. So if Michelle died, do you believe that she would burn in hell, or do you believe that uh, she would go to heaven? Now, I, now I know that that's God only knows, but yeah, say I would have to so, say I don't know. So then look, so look, so this, <laughs> and I have so much to say here too. <laughs> this is super exciting because yes. I could pile a thousand words on what you just asked, right? But what were we talking about just about five minutes ago? And it's about simplicity mm-hmm. and lack of complication, right? So I'm not going to even start to complicate that question with any kind of answer so you, other than the Lord of our creation, the God that helped to bring this Bible into fruition. Uh, the number one bestseller since it was written has a plan and has answers in there. Yeah, it's up to you to read it and be selfish. Yeah, and take with action it and yep. determine what that answer looks like for you personally. Well, and because the, it can be interpreted so uh, many different ways by so many different people, it's torn it's, up every day. Yeah, you know. Well, and, the the reason that I was there was like the I was asking so many questions that one day was because I I I thought and this this could be my fault, not your fault, miscommunication well, on my okay. part yeah. is that I thought that you believed that. You know, people that were openly living in sin as as transgenders uh, were going to go to hell, whether um, 
they believed in Christ or not. So yeah, I, I will explain that because I did say that. And and here here's the way I'll say it is if if they're if there's no relationship with Christ and they're walking in the sin, they're going the word, to hell. The word of God says you're going to go to hell. Yeah, no relationship with Christ, so, they're going to hell anyways. Now, but but at the level of sin they're walking in and their relationship with Christ, only they know. So if they're the only person inside their locked down brain knows the level of God they have in their life and the level of sin they're living in, I'll never know if they're going to go to heaven or hell. Right. So you, so you don't okay, so you okay, yeah. And I Does that make I like better that. sense? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah it does. We were just on the flash talking, well, so if it right. didn't come off that way, and, I apologize. And if I could kind of expand a little bit too, is I had it explained to me cuz I had some of these similar questions to a man that was, you know, kind of a, a Christian mentor to me. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, like, why did you take the stance against, like, you know, no gay marriage, all the, or, uh, you know, those kind of things, or allowing those people into your church, you know, that kind of stuff. I say those people, and, and that yeah. sounds extremely condes- condescending. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't mean it, it that is. way. We don't um, mean it racially. Or I, I'm just trying so. to l- listen. I'm not an eloquent man. Um, I am just a simple man. And so I sometimes don't speak well. But, um, what, what I want to get at is, so there's a difference. So for instance, you had the choice of sleeping with a woman. Yeah. And you chose not to, right? Yeah. Okay. So God knew it was on your heart, right? Your your brain was telling you, dude, that shit feels good. Please, let's <laughs> yeah. please go do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you made the choice. So God knows what's on your heart. Now, let's say tomorrow you have a chick that you meet and you hook up tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay. Just as an example. New Year's Eve. Okay. Man. <laughs> okay. Let's say Holy two days wish. from now. Um, New Year's but anyway, Caden. So, but what I'm getting at is, is, and then typically what's going to happen is after that, Caden, you're probably going to think back and say, wow, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. God, I repent, right? Like yes. my, I made a mistake. So nowhere in that book, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, you know it better than I do. Nowhere in that book does it say thou shalt be perfect. Absolutely. Nowhere. He knows what's on your heart, right? So he knows that the difference between giving him two middle fingers because I'm going to do what I want and being the broken human being that he made us all to be. Right. And so that's just where I want to get is like making it simple is God knows what's on your heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even when you sin, as long as you are truly repenting and regretful for what you did, he never demanded you to be perfect. Right. And that's the same thing of whether you're a drug addict, whether you're in the LGBTQ community whether you're a man that I lived with my wife and uh, we had children out of wedlock, I am not a perfect man. Absolutely. Um, and I don't demand the same of people that come to my church. Yeah, and that's what to I give, love about both of you guys. Is I know you don't. To give an example of this, and this is free and open public knowledge, and if you think this is out of place as well, let me know and I'll edit it out. But we have a gentleman that comes to our church that it's 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 on the news. It's You can easily search it. I'm not going to say the name. But he had uh, violently molested little kids, little, little kids. We have welcomed him into our church. Now, with that being said, we did have the conversation of there are lines in the sand. Absolutely. There are things we're going to do to protect our children and to protect our congregation. And we've let those things be known to this individual because my God walked on water. If anyone can fix that man's brain, it's, it's my God. God. Absolutely. And he's in the exact place that he needs to be yeah. to get that salvation and to get fixed. Yeah. And so, and that was tough. And yeah, that's I know hard, it was a tough conversation for it us. Was, I know, especially for you, it was it, a tough conversation. You know, I served Jason. time in prison and, and during my time in prison, I, it was hard. 
let's just say, let's just say it was hard <laughs> from the place I grew up and and the where I came from in my life. Uh, it's hard for me to listen, you know. Almost. God, God absolutely did it to challenge me at the level of, are you really a pastor? Yeah, are, are you really, are you really are you in really this for the right reasons? Yep. And I had to share with people that all I want to do is hurt this person. All I want to do is tell them to get out. And, right. uh, but through that, God opened up opportunities for change in me. It, it wasn't for him. <laughs> there were things that were there for him, but God did a work in yeah. me through the opportunity of him coming and finding a relationship with Christ. So the same thing goes for the girl that's a guy now. The same thing goes for now Now where we were discussing the levels of where they are and where they're going to go. Man, I'm glad to finally say that's God's. That's God's yeah. choice. But yeah. I have a mission and a job to do, and so do you, Kate, and so does Nick, and so does Nate, and so does anybody else on here listening or that's going to listen to this in the future. You have an obligation and a job to do, and that's to speak truth and to speak light and <coughs> to bring uh, to bring a joy and a peace to people that is a game changer. Right. Because all the hate in the world isn't going to do anybody any good. No. Nope. And you see it, people. It's, I don't care who you are. You see it. And that's why I was kind of – and this conversation is as, as completely answered. You know, I'm I'm, uh, yeah. I'm happy with it and satisfied with, with the, it now. Uh, and your answers, even though I don't – I'm not no judge or whatever. I'm just saying personally. No, um, for sure. Yeah, but, if it brings you peace, that's uh, good. I uh, – yeah. I really – I really honestly agree. Um, I think the you know letting somebody first off that is godly, bro. Because even when you're just telling me that, it fuck it almost makes a blood boil up inside of you that uh, when you start to think about yeah. that shit. Um, but that is a testament to God, just like you said, my God can walk on water. If, uh, you and, and it is, it's almost a, so, such a testament that it's hard for hard to understand. But I do think that's a real godly perspective. Can I can I bring up this verse now? Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've been holding. Will you patiently. guys shut up long enough. I can do this, please. <laughs> yeah, over there vibrating my like my little dog does. You know? <laughs> I've always. This was one that was back when I was at Kansas Bible Camp. This was one that got brought up one time, uh, and it always stuck with me. I always. Ooh, this is gonna be good. I always was wondered. I always wondered about it. This um, is gonna be good. So it says. This is in Revelation. It's Revelation three sixteen to eighteen. Um, it says so because you are. Uh, I guess I'll just start. Uh, it says uh, the context is it says to the angel of the church in Laodicea. 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 Um, so at three sixteen he says, "I'll start at 15. I know your deeds that you are neither hot, neither cold, nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Uh, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Um, But my... Really, where I wanted to focus on was the, uh, you know, 16, 15 and 16 was, you know, that because you are lukewarm. Um, mm. And so what, where, where to, to you, you guys is, what is lukewarm? Because to me, I, I feel like, I I feel rich. I do feel rich. Just like Jason was saying, I, uh, I feel I, like lukewarm is just like you're going through the motions. And so you don't think it's because I I have a relationship with God. My prayers are answered, dude. If aliens could come to this earth right now and say, "Yeah, we made you guys," it wouldn't matter because there's somebody that's answering my prayers. There's somebody out. I was when I was saved, you know, I I talked to God. 
God talks back. Uh, and there's no one, you'll never be able to change that mind. You'll never be able to change that or take that from me. You'll never, no one will be able to change that with me. I feel like I do have a close relationship with God. But I, at the same time, I'm like, well, fuck, am I lukewarm because I don't go to church? Uh, I think the lukewarm believer, and it, in my opinion, you guys can correct me. Good. Well, um, we're here to have a conversation, bro. I, I just, <laughs> I just feel like the lukewarm believer is someone that, like, keeps living in sin and keeps saying, "I'll fix it later. I'll fix it later. I'll fix it later." Knowing, like, oh, I can repent and be, I okay. can repent and be saved. Perfect example. I think right. that that's that's what a lukewarm because I could have just had sex with that girl and then be like. Please forgive me, Jesus. That was stupid. Yes. yes. Again, know. knows what's on your heart, right? So you could have gone into that going, that's oh, no big deal. I'll just ask God for forgiveness. Yeah. But you didn't. So, Because so I knew it's not what he wanted me to do, you know? So this is perfect. So um, as I was scrolling to that to that chapter, into that verse, there's some, there's some good news about that verse for you, too. That's for the church in the future. That's for the return of Jesus. This is John uh, having a vision about what Jesus is going to do when he returns. This is Revelation. This is this is how Jesus is going to interact with these seven churches mm-hmm. at the time of his return. But the idea that someone's lukewarm is a hard thing to grab hold of. Well, as I'm turning there, a picture of my dad falls out. Right, My dad passed away, had a double bypass last year, and in the double bypass and complications, he died. And... Um, and it's, this is hard for me to say because I want to believe that my dad's in heaven right now waiting on me. But my dad cussed all the time. My dad drank every night. My dad uh, gambled at the casino every chance he could get. My dad had a plethora of marriages and wives. And I don't even know if there's other kids out there I've never met that are my brothers and sisters. My dad had a very colorful thing going on. And and if I have to be honest as a pastoral person in my training and what I'm growing towards, I, I'm pretty confident my dad was lukewarm. Now, right. that that really hits me at home when I determine if that passage means that someone's going to be in heaven based on what Revelation says or hell. And I won't know until right. I get there. Right. So that's kind of a hard place to be. Yeah. But our mission, like I said once again, and our job is to work hard uh, as believers yeah. to help people get fired up. To, to be, uh, I need to be such a light and, and such a confident person that you want what I have. And if I can do that well, I promise you, you'll become less lukewarm and you'll become on the hot side. Right. And if right. I fail you and I lean into the other ways of the world and I, I fall prey to all the foul language and I fall prey to all the lusts and I fall prey to all the things of the world around me, I'm going to the cold side. Well, that's Jesus, the writer, John's telling us. You know, this church is going to get smited. They're in trouble, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's a, it's a great, grand example of, uh, of what the believer's job is and what we're meant to do for one another. Um, and then and on, also being honest with, with each other in hard conversations. Like, man, uh, don't take this disrespect, Caden, but you cuss a lot, bro. And you could do better. I was getting ready to go the and, same and place. Look, and, you know, and these are just things that a lot of people are afraid <clears> to say because... I'm not afraid to hurt your feelings because yeah. guess what? I'm going to come back and love you the next day and hope that you get over it. Well, it, it, it's, <laughs> so it's being it's, said with love. That's you, what I mean. You, you know, think- it's, it's like the thing of like, you know, if, if I drink to the point that like, uh, I, I'm like hung over or I can't remember things or whatever, have I done that to the glory of God? Yeah. Like is, is drinking a bad thing? In my opinion, and from what I've read in the scriptures, no. No, yeah. We were um, talking about that can, as well. Can you, can we, could we have all sat down at this table, had one beer, Enjoyed it, 
had this conversation to the glory of God, yes. I'm right. Sure. But yes. if we were getting plastered drunk, but because also some of the things like that you struggle with, with lowered inhibitions from a man of, of experience. I've been there. With really. drinking is, Ugh. it lowers your inhibitions and makes sin easier. You're, you, it, it takes off layers. <laughs> oh, <Hell> yeah. <laughs> it, takes, <laughs> it makes it real easy. <laughs> it, it takes off those layers oh, of God. the armor of God that's talked about in Ephesians. Right. And it's easier for the enemy to right. get at your flesh. And, yeah, he talks about, the, when we had this conversation, yeah. I'm telling you, you guys missed out on a good conversation last cool. week. He talked about idolizing uh and yeah and you know idolizing you know you know maybe god doesn't say it's not okay to drink or god doesn't say it's not okay to smoke marijuana but you know what it's not okay is to idolize it and put that above you know the relationship with, with god. christ or, yeah. or or even just others other Absolutely. stuff too now going back to the cussing i i i do i do cuss i wasn't too picking much. on you bro, no i didn't I think you were i didn't think you were <laughs> i know it brings up a good point it brings up a good point that we can argue about um is that uh, <laughs> let me get my gloves on. i'm gonna rock you're wrong jason <laughs> no no well it's okay so i I, th- I look at it in two ways one if i said nate F you, you're an idiot, and I, I'm trying to hurt. Like I said, God knows yeah. what's on my heart. Yeah. Now, the English language did was not created back then. Right. The English language did not exist back then, so I feel like God knows what's on my heart when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm cussing. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he's already pulling it up. The glory of God, Nick is because uh, Ben. I don't even know Ben's last name, but Ben was at work with us, and um. I had I just because I was just picking Ben's brain just like I was right, with you, right. bro. We're just yeah. we're just working, and I asked Ben. I said, "Well, do you honestly think cussing's a sin?" Because I mean, if I called you an asshole and I'm trying to hurt your feelings, I think that's a sin. That's a sin. But if I say, you know, well, uh, damn son of a <laughs> no, okay, uh, like yeah, at a- work, at work when I'm like struggling with something, like, I'll be like, "Get in there, bitch," or something <laughs> like that. You know, I don't know if that's is that honestly a sin. No. Now it says. Now Ben made the comment to me that day when when I asked him, "Do you think cussing is a sin?" He said, uh, "God, there." I he and he used dude Ben. Ben is a great guy to talk to about mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, Christ and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he said, and he he used scripture. I, I want to say it was from First or Second John was saying that the words that come of just basically like the words that come out your mouth aren't holy. It's not how God. That's right. Um, would want want you to speak or something yeah. along those lines. So so here and and I'll, I'll let you carry on. But like what what Ben was probably pointing out is that uh, as representatives of Christ, as as followers, if we say that we are as you've said that you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you you trust and believe in Him as representatives of Him, after reading this Bible. You can't talk like that. It shows right. ignorance. It shows uh, it shows lack of compassion for his mission for your life. It should so. There's lots of places in scripture where it talks about the tongue and the double edged sword and right. what it can be. Right. Um, but I understand too. We're all works in progress. Absolutely, man. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And no, I'm this, not offended. I, and, I think cousins. And you're is, right. There are layers of that. That you know. I, it's not like I'm saying you're sinning and going to hell because you stub your toe and you cuss or you're trying to right. shove that B in there or whatever it was, you know. Uh, these are levels of frustration and they're words, you know. They're just words that are used. Right. Um, and that's how I look at it is they're just words and God knows that on my heart. But at the same time, I think that your argument's too 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 good to counterbat that. You know what I mean? I really well, do. And like if see here if Matthew fifteen eleven, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And if you go down to eighteen, <laughs> it says, But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. Uh that, Eight, that's eighteen. That's talking about the, Towards the, the bottom. There. Oh, okay, there it. we go. So I was 
Yeah, I mean, and and I think that you know, it's it's one of those things because a lot of what they're talking about there is is so. Um, <clears throat> this is being written and said that. So when he says what goes into your mouth does not defile them. So for instance, you know, old Old Testament law, you know, you couldn't eat pork; they were unclean. Those kind of things. You or so cut your hair, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right? and so they were again, Jason. If I'm getting this wrong, let me know. Um, you know, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile you. So basically, like what I gave you in this world, you know, eat. But the thing that comes out of your mouth is what that's does what defiles you. Right. And so, you know, I would tell you, like, what, like for instance, when you go into a job interview. Right? Yeah. Do you cuss like this? Oh, no. Of course the, why not. not? Because why, it's not if, it, if it's if it's just words, if it's just words and it's no big deal and it doesn't well, mean anything. Well, context means then. context. I I didn't say that it it does it is just words. I didn't say it doesn't just doesn't <clears> mean anything though. Uh it's the context of like um is what's important, I think. Yeah. Uh, and please understand, I'm just here having a conversation. I'm no. not trying to be condescending. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't no, way. I don't think I don't okay. think either one of you are. Um yeah. I think uh I think you both have great points that I, I really can't argue against that. You know what I mean? I think you do look stupid claiming to be a follower of Christ, but uh cussing so much. Um These are beautiful Dude, uh, I, I had a I was not allowed moment. to cuss as a kid, bro. <laughs> I had a neighbor and he cussed and it just just stuck with me my whole life. Absolutely. I've just cussed my whole life. Hey, really, wait, but... and, and wait, I gotta I gotta say something on the podcast. <laughs> I say cuss words. Yep. And I'm on my way you, to being a pastor. There's so and many times hard. on this I've said cuss words. And so so look, um, so don't feel like this is a barrage at you. It, it's a, it, these are arrows being thrown at all of us. Oh yeah, so, right. for sure. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's, it's a good reminder, honestly. That's why I wanted to look it up. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's a good it's a good conversation. Uh because I think it's some people that it's easy to overlook, just like me. For sure. You know? It's easy for me to be like, well, the English language didn't exist back then, so it can't it can't be a sin. Uh but um yeah, that's where, and that's that's a question that I ask a lot of people. If you know, if I feel like I can pick their brain about crisis, do you think sinning or cussing is a sin? Do you think sinning is a sin? Do you think cussing is a sin? Mm-hmm. And uh, really, uh, Ben was the first person to really give me a good answer where Scripture backs it up. You that's know, solid. Um, well, and and if you think of it too, it's like, you know, back then, did did pornography consumed on a cell phone exist? No, you know, but it's but, still, it, but it's, it's a sin today. You know, you well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just putting it in those terms of like the English language didn't exist then, phones right. didn't, you know, just kind of like right. trying to help segue and paint yeah, the picture a little better. You know? I understand. So for once sure. once again, it's 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 good to point out that everything that was written about in this Bible that's sitting here on this table right now, even though we fast forward two thousand years, the struggles are all the same. Still. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Jesus, Jesus said the temptation. Jesus is the said same. if you have sex with her in your mind, you've committed adultery. Right. It's even worse than if you actually commit adultery. You know, it's it's these layers of your thought life and your vocal life being more important than your actual action, action life, life. Yeah. yeah, which is incredible. That speaks highly to the devotion we're supposed to have. It speaks highly to the commitment we need to carry in. And it, it, the job is so important that our thoughts and our words have much more power than our actual deeds in some areas. And so uh, stepping into that is... Uh, it's it's only going to strengthen your relationship with God. It's only going to yeah, make you. I think that's the big key a better there. person, right? Mm-hmm. And your joy will go up. Your peace yes. will come up. All these things, uh, your your worries about other people will start to fall off. 
uh, like I told you, getting selfish with your relationship with mm-hmm. God is everything. No, I like that at term. Get selfish with your relationship because with God. there's nothing like wrong that. with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, this word that I brought with me, I brought it as, an, and I know I wish there was a camera. Everybody on here listening could see, but I'm just going to flip through it as as he looks across here, and there's going to be page after page of highlighted stuff, tabs, dog ears and folds, and notes <laughs> stuck in there everywhere you look. You know, I've spent two and a half years with this Bible. I I wrote leather bound. That yeah. just wore out, and I wrote, I wrote, my yeah, I kids, wish you guys could see I it. wrote my kids' names on I the. I took a picture. I'll put it on the social. Media. And <laughs> so this thing has, but look, the only reason it got this way is because I spent time in it. I spent time seeking information from it. I wanted more. I didn't want to continue at this baseline, nasty, fleshly level I was living in all these years. And what's happened has been crazy. It's been crazy, dude. I. I get blessed every day. I have watched my family become stronger. I've had uh, a stronger relationship with, man, people that I thought I'd never talk to. I burnt so many people and, and put so many bodies in the ditches going through my life, as you've heard in the first podcast, that today, my ex-wife, y'all, listen to this, the woman that I divorced, had kids with, and did horrible atrocities to, is helping me to get my pastoral license by getting my first divorce forgiven by the Assemblies of God by corroborating our divorce story. She was willing. I called her up and I said, hey, uh, would you be willing to talk about something hard with me for a minute? And she's like, sure. Uh, We're at such a friendly level today that we're able to have that conversation. And I said, hey, I need you to tell me, what did you see when we got divorced? How did you see that from your perspective what was your story? And she she shared it with me. And I said, would you mind to write that down for me? Because the Assemblies of God needs that. And I have to have that forgiven in order to continue on in the process of becoming a leader in the in the church system. And she was like, sure. That's healing, bro. Yeah. None of that would have happened if I didn't spend Ten years ago, I bet you hour. never would have thought that. <laughs> bro, you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so let me tell you, studying the Word of God is a commitment personally that one should make in order for their life to flourish. Right. Questions will fall off. Your trust will grow. Your faith will grow. And it, it's supernatural. It's supernatural, man. So... Um, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I say it's 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 one of those things that I found, and it shifts perspectives too, because Absolutely. you know it's it's very easy to focus on the negative in life, and so you easy. know, and and I will tell you, like for instance, the tithing thing, uh, the thing that gets me about that piece of scripture is that is like one of like typically God doesn't like the oh yeah, show me what you're about, I'm gonna right. sit here right, but that piece of scripture says try me, show me, yeah, you know. And, and, and so like I told my wife and so we've been doing that of like tithing that and I've been tithing with my business and things like that. And like, I am not a rich man, but like my bills are paid, you know, my kids yeah. have a meal, every meal of the day that they're supposed Absolutely. to. And, and like, there have been times that I swear to you that I'm like, I, I remember one time we, I think we needed, we needed to get up something fixed on the van. And so now I'm thinking like, what am I going to do kind of thing? Right. And I'm like okay, I can work this extra shift. I can do this overtime. I can do this. I can do that. And we start praying on it. And then I find out that um, my wife says there's a check that showed up in the mail. And it was from our mortgage company saying, hey, you overpaid on your escrow account. Like your your insurance wasn't as much this year as we thought it was going to be. Here's a refund for the amount, basically, to do the tires. Like I didn't have any extra. But 
that's that's just the that's the important piece of the equation here. And when you're following this, it's just like those things just start to fall into place. But they also give you a perspective, right? Like I could have had the perspective of <sighs> I got this extra money and it has to go to these tires and this sucks. I don't have any extra yeah. money. I can't invest. I can't put in saying blah blah blah. Or I could say, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for giving me exactly what I needed, exactly when I needed it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. And and one and the okay. See, so the word that you both have, which I want to say first is, you aren't rich financially, but you're rich in a lot of other ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I would agree. Uh, is like a word that both you guys have been using a lot is perspective. And like when I was a young kid, not a young kid, I was a sophomore in high school. I hated my basketball coach, bro. Like I didn't actually hate him, but I. I strongly disliked him. And so I quit basketball. Like I felt like I was I felt like I was really good and he wasn't giving me the time that I deserved, so I quit. Um and you know, I that's that was probably one of the biggest regrets of my life at the time. But it, that doing that has taught me so much in this life where I'll never quit at shit again. Um it took me quitting something really important to to understand to understand that. But when I did quit, my dad was so dis I mean, if if I was living with my dad, my dad would never have let me quit basketball. But I was you know, at that age, I was at, I was at the, I was able to do whatever I wanted, basically, you know, if I wanted to quit basketball, I was able to, and so, my mom just, she just wasn't there enough, necessarily, to, to, to influence me like that, I guess, but also, I was upset about basketball, and so, my mom, you know, I, she didn't want me to quit, and it, and it made her upset as well, but, at the end of the day, I'm her baby, and so, she wanted to make sure I feel like I was okay, but my dad was really disappointed, I remember him, we had a real serious conversation, and he told me on the phone, he, uh, he just in this conversation and being at this point or whatever, he told me perspective is everything. You've got to respect the perspective of other of other people and 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 of yourself when you're facing these situations. And so going back to what you said is, you know, that that's so important is damn, I could have spent this extra three hundred dollars on uh whatever I want, you know, or something that could be fun or I could save it, but um instead now I have to spend of course I have to spend it on tires. But you know, the perspective which changed everything, uh is you know I got blessed, and so I just think that that's a word that I, I it's very very important in my life is perspective. Yeah, uh, there's always there always can be. I think that's what helps me be such an optimist is just having the perspective of you know if I failed at least I learned. Yeah. So so two big major things that the Word of God talks about in redundance is wisdom and knowledge, and when I say the word ignorance. I'm speaking directly to the opposite of wisdom and knowledge. And when people are ignorant to the meanings of the idea of the word blessing, when we talk about the word blessings in our lives as Christians, Uh um, there's such a dynamic that God does and moves in someone's life when they start to understand being wise about something and having knowledge to make the decision, then doing it in a way that the Word of God instructs you to do it, creates these places where people get things for free stuff basically falls out of the sky somebody walks up to you, you get random and, checks yeah you know or, or literally i mean look I, really and i I, <laughs> you know, I come yeah. into that church every wednesday night with a story like my son gage was trying to get here from marysville his girlfriend had a blowout on their car he couldn't find they have special low profile tires they're aftermarket tires he couldn't find a tire anywhere I got on the phone. I made two phone calls. I made Kansas Land and Great Bend and a company in Manhattan. The guy in Manhattan said, look, I can't get you one until Wednesday, but I tell you what, I just took four tires off a of Tesla. They're exactly the same size he needs. I can't sell them to you, but guess what? I'll just give them to you. 
Well, he got Dang. two brand new tires for his car, and it was all because I trusted the Lord. Yeah, and that's my that was my stance when I got my wife was in the other room praying because it was a big deal that we all got together for this holiday weekend. It was a right. huge deal for my wife. She has some great plans to pray over these kids, and she's in the other room praying while I'm in the other room making a phone call, just trusting that God's going to provide a way. And he didn't only just provide a way; he gave him two tight tires right. <laughs> that are yeah. bad to the bone on Heck the back yeah. of his car and for free. And even his boss got witness to because his boss went and picked them up. And he was like, "Dude, how did you get these tires for free? They're practically brand new." But you know what I mean? That's the that's the abundance of God through yeah. the blessings, through right. wisdom and knowledge. So so deferred of lack of ignorance, you have wisdom and knowledge. So. When I challenge people once again about the Word of God, and I've said this to you when we were talking the other day, and I say it to everybody I can, is that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain Gain, by picking up the basic instructions before leaving earth, reading them, and applying them in little pieces. Malachi chapter 3. I love people who apply Malachi chapter 3 because pointing fingers at things you have no right to point fingers at. Stop thinking and talking about things that you don't have any real thought about. Right. You can have a head full of knowledge and a mouth full of nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. A lot. So, yeah. Well, fellas, we've been at this for Damn almost your... almost two hours. Oh, yeah. okay. It I'm went pretty, by quick. I'm pretty sure my yeah, team's dude. all ready to bail, too. So they're, they're, they're going to go bowling. They're in there texting you. Hurry up. Yeah, hurry no, they up. Hurry up. Be quiet. Oh, there's my wife Stop. now. So, hurry up. Uh, oh, yeah, they're wanting to know if we're done. They don't yeah. want to come. Here, so. <clears throat> you know, so like, I guess that's just a, uh, I mean, unless you guys have any final thoughts there, mm-hmm. uh, anything. I know. I thought it was a great uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, and that being said, while I was pulling up some of that scripture, the podcast stopped recording at some point, and it wasn't it wasn't for a super long time. So as you're listening to this podcast, if there's a gap there, I apologize. But it wasn't for like 20 minutes or anything like that. But as I was pulling that up, I must have hit something accidentally. Crap, the best part just got <laughs> cut out. <laughs> no, I don't think that happened. Well, bottom line, my, my final thought for this podcast is going to be, or my final my final call and challenge to people that might listen to this who are either on the fence with Christ, or even if you're a strong Christian, or even if you have no relationship at all, that you pick up a Bible somewhere, reach out to me at the Sterling Encounter Church. I can help you to find and navigate a Bible that would be good for your personality and for your level of education, and then spend time in it. And uh, there's great Bible tracks that you can pick up to tell you where to start in Scripture and how to understand, uh, to read the Bible in a way that's good for you. Uh, But don't be afraid because you have nothing to lose, absolutely nothing to lose to read a good book. And uh, But you have everything to gain, and I'm a testament to that. God has gifted me and blessed me, and he's going to continue to, to a place where I can't stand it, as the verse in Malachi says. And I'm excited for that. So I want the same for you, and so don't be afraid to try it. Give it a shot. So, For sure. Well, uh, I just want to take the time to say thanks for being here. Um, and, yeah, thanks and for having us being on. Being willing to have Thank this conversation, you. I was like super stoked when Nate like pitched it. It's good. Um, and I was just like, yes, like I know this is going to be a really amazing conversation because I respect the hell out of both of you and, Thank you. and all likewise. Of you. And, you know, and so, um, you know, I knew that like it was going to be a conversation where we could have the hard conversations. Yeah, where we could talk about those things, and we could like. I feel like we grew. A, I grew a lot though out of them. I think you so. know, I feel like they were very helpful mm-hmm. and informative. Well, but that's a testament to you as well. I mean, for that all the things that, that you, yeah, I say the, the, the for all the things that you say you struggle with and that you're maybe hard on yourself at, right. don't sell yourself short because well, you. you're willing to, you're willing to like at least like 
go, huh? You know, right. maybe he's right. And and there might be times where you're maybe like, maybe I nah, do sound that... like an idiot when I cuss. You know, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> go home and listen to this and review. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you, like some of our, our earlier podcasts, like if I were to go back and listen to that, oh boy, I, I, I especially during COVID. You know, because I was so angry. You are just on one. Oh, man. It was bad. <laughs> anyway, so I digress. Um, so, hey, everyone. Thanks for taking the opportunity to once again join us. Uh, uh, and, and our Christmas gift to you was the fact that we didn't have a podcast. You didn't have to listen to us. You're welcome. Um, and just thanks for listening. Just share the podcast. Check us out, www.thehigherpoints.com. You can check us out on Facebook at uh, The Higher Points Podcast, Instagram at The Higher Points. Uh, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Have a great week.